looks like our podcast is going to be about Peggy and Whitey. Whitey. And, you know, I think it's important to talk to people about making a decision. You know, some people don't know where the line is to make a decision for. Well, I mean, there can be, you know, just so many different circumstances and variables that go into this. Yeah. And you just have to just have to look at where you're at on your own. Something I do every day. Um, but every different dog, every different circumstance, medical issues, those are all different. And unfortunately, they change day by day. Well, the, this is my... <clears throat> so I, I never did update the page on Peggy with her x-rays and her, and her mass. Um, but, you know, she's got that mass on her side that Dr. D saw her like a month ago, and it was five centimeters. And then four weeks later, it's eight centimeters. So how, how, how do they measure that? Just the outside? I think so. Like, like yeah. a piece of tape on the outside? Oh, uh, you're just looking at like what the diameter of it is. Yeah. But it was growing really fast. Well, a mass like that, you can actually get the diameter. No, yeah, it looked like she had a baseball under the skin. It really did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and what was bad about that, because to try to describe it for people, is lots of dogs get like a fatty tumor that kind of jiggles and you can kind of feel it and maybe kind of... Like if you reached onto it, you, you could feel, feel where it ends. you could feel where it ends, yeah. and this one did not. Right, it was really. I mean, since it was very small when it first popped up, I could feel that it's like attached into her muscle and into her ribs. Yeah. So I went, you know, we tried to do a little biopsy on it, and all Doctor D could get was blood out of it. So I couldn't get clear understanding of what it was. It looked like we sent it. We it was just blood. So she sent that off, and it came back with. Um, some cancer cells, but not conclusive. So I was just kind of on the fence, like what to do. You know, Peggy would have her 14th birthday next week. She was, you know, six days shy of turning 14. And <clears throat> I look at it and go, other than that, you know, she's happy as a clam. Happy as a clam. Just eating, drinking. She'll Can't hit, the, hear anything, she'll hit the trails. She's just a happy girl. So... I'm watching that thing, and every day I look at it, and it's getting bigger, and I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe I should take this off. Maybe I should just take it off. Well, because originally when she had that mass, you were like, okay, we have a mass. She's um, old. She's happy. She's Here. super old. <clears throat> Inconclusive on what it is. She's so old that what would we really do about it anyway? Where it was on Peggy, it's like on her... On, on her, her rib cage. On her rib cage. Rib, like top side. It's just below the front shoulder. She's a French bulldog. So, I remember you first telling me about this and I thought that like, that's pretty accessible. It's, it's not obstructing like her movement. But is it necessary? Well, that's the thing. So, then I saw it just continue to grow really rapidly. Right, that big, yeah. really fast. And I'm, th and I'm thinking, I don't want this to define this dog. I don't want it to define her end if I can just take it off now. Yeah. Just take it off. So, I talked to Dr. Reno about it. She goes, well, she goes, before we do that, let's take some x-rays and see what it looks like or see what else might be going. I mean, does she have like some little bit of cancer in her lungs where does it you know because is it cancer and it's spreading in her body yeah she has a big tumor on her liver <coughs> <coughs> let's just take a look so i found what i thought was a little fatty tumor on her back thigh like the day before well then i take her into dr reno she goes well that's a mast cell so that's cancer mm -hmm. that feels like a little soft fatty tumor but it's not it's cancer so then she had this spot on her back of her shoulders that was acted like a sebaceous cyst. It would fill up with stuff and then it would drain and it would fill up with stuff. And then we did that for a while with that thing. It never stopped. Mm -hmm. So we took x-rays and she's got, you know, several things that look suspicious and that mass, it's completely invaded the muscle wall of her rib cage. And it's like right alongside of her, it's all of her ribs. So she said, you know, to take this off would be incredibly involved. Like I'd have to go, she'd have to go all the way down through her muscle to take this off. 
And she goes, she goes, I saw her one month ago and this thing was five centimeters and now it's eight and a half. Mm-hmm. So that's how fast it's growing. So she did another needle biopsy when she took the x-ray and it comes back with it was, it's spindle cells. It's cancer. So, you know, we looked at it and she goes, she's got a mast cell on her hip now. This thing on her back that never heals, is that cancer? Or it's going to turn into that? She's 14 years old. We take her to surgery for that big mass. She goes, the incision's going to be this long. Yeah. It's a huge surgery. She goes, I will not be able to get clean margins. I will yeah. not. Even right, Daryl, so even Daryl with his mass that was this big, it was a big mass. The incision was like this and like this. Because she wants clean margins. Yeah. So when I've got a mass that's this big, because it literally was the size of a baseball. Yeah, she you can imagine one. how big of a surgery well, that's Well, and that's only to what's on the, the top side. Now, you're not even seeing what goes through well, the ribs Well, but see, on the, the x-ray, other. we could see it. Mm-hmm. We could see the silhouette of it, and it went, it, it, it went way under the muscle and disappears at the ribs because you can't see it any further in that kind of a photo. So how deep is it? How far does it go? And Yeah, because you can open up, and it's like it's encompassed the rib cage. It's like on the other side yeah. now, too, and it's like... And then she says, as fast as this has grown, we take this off, take her through this gigantic surgery. It's, gonna come right it's back. just going to come right back. It's going to start growing again before her stitches are ready to come yeah. out. Yeah. So, so what are you accomplishing? So <clears throat> that was last week that we it was Thursday. debated that. And I said, no, not doing it. It's not going not gonna to do that to her knowing that this thing is probably going to burst, you know, because when I look at a dog like that, with that kind of a thing, I look at how's this going to end? Yeah. And it's, and like Trev said, it's every day you're reevaluating every day, which is the worst thing. It's the worst part of having a dog, of having a dog old like that. Yeah. You know, is today the day is there, you know, is this bad enough? Is this quality of life poor? And enough? you know, I look at Peggy, she's happy as a clam be bopping around so today's a good day today's yeah. a good day and then today this day was not a good day well it was a good day until it wasn't <coughs> a good day anymore she ate her breakfast was perfectly happy this morning um i was out this afternoon and came back at you know four thirty, which is time that i feed my dogs so i come in the back door and just start fixing their food well everybody's in there they can hear you know, because they know that we're feeding. But, Pe- you know, Peggy can't hear You gotta anything. go find your old ladies. So I fix everybody's bowls, and I put their food down, and I, I go to find Peggy. This happens all the time. There's nothing unusual here. Yeah. You know, she's taking a snooze. That's, just, go, part, that's, just, that's just been part of your new normal yeah. with having an old so dog. So you go wake up Peggy. Yeah. And then as soon as you wake her up, she's like, goes, oh, is it like yeah. time to eat? And then <laughs> she right. comes running in there to eat her food. That's how it goes. Yeah. But that's not what happened today. Today she was... She appeared to just be asleep. Um, and I tapped on her for her to wake up. And she rolled over on her side and arched like a dog that's, see- that's seizing. And scr- she's screaming, like there's screaming involved and, you know, flailing. Which I'm thinking of, she's having a big seizure. Peggy has never had a seizure before. Peggy doesn't scream either. She, never. I've never heard, I have never heard Peggy cry out, ever. So I'm just staying with her, waiting for this to pass, you know, if this is a seizure or what she's doing. And she stopped writhing, it's probably five minutes, you know. And then she's just still, just like still, alive aware it's not like that seizure face where you know that they're they don't recognize they're not really there peggy was there she just like couldn't move which was well this is weird because she's in a lot of pain i wasn't sure what was happening but she was she had no offering to get up on her feet Mm -hmm. like none and she just laid on her side like i said to you guys she looks catatonic that's what she looked like she's just like still and i thought did she have like a cardiac event like, so, you know, what am I looking at? So I texted you guys because 
you know, you guys were heading here to podcast. And Laura's like, you know, I can be there in five minutes. You want me to come get you and we'll take her to Dr. Reno's. Well, I don't even know if Dr. Reno's in the office. So I text her and said, are you available for a phone call? And 30 seconds later, my phone rings. So I told her what I'm seeing. I said, she's been down for at least 10 minutes at this point. So she said, let's just get her to me and let me see what, you know, if she's having a seizure, because we know, I mean, dogs have a seizure. We know sometimes it takes them a while. Yeah. Yeah. To kind of clap back back around, but she's 14. So it's a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. So we wrapped her up in a blanket and Laura pulled into the driveway and hopped in with her and the whole way. I I met you guys, I met you guys on the driveway and then it's just, you know, it's you out there with Peggy in a blanket. And I know you said, you know, potential seizure, but me going over there, and just talking with her and touching her, she's all there. Yep. D- d- she's she's all she's, she's all, all in there. She's all completely there. But yeah, she's not. Offering, she's not moving. Not offering to give up. Yep. Or to 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 get up. And there's no. It's it's, that 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 is like a really weird question with pain sometimes too. And I think it can be really deceptive when, you know. I didn't know that she cried out like that. Yes. And you tell me that. It's like, Peggy never cries out. In pain. Exactly. Never. And, and for anybody who doesn't know Peggy, Peggy loves everybody. She's excited to see everybody. Yeah. So for you to, go, to, for you to go talk to her and she's coherent and knows you're there and for her yeah. to not be up on her feet mm-hmm. and go like, hey. And she's in, in there yeah. and she's looking at me, but she's in, in a laying down on her side and she'll talk to me. But she's not like Peggy, like, ooh, hey, no. hey, what's going on? No. She's just like, hey, I'm here, touching my paw, you're touching my face. Pupils are, are fine, and she would be, like, somewhat normal if I, like, came up on her when, like, you know, she's, like, sleeping in her bed, and I came up and be like, oh, hey, Peggy. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's the Peggy that I would get. Yeah. But this situation of you, the event that you went through, bringing her out on a blanket, meeting me on the driveway... Uh, to help her get into the car, it was it was really odd. It was I, odd. I, I, knew, I, I knew immediately it's like this is not a seizure, that's not a seizure. Right. Well, we figured because she's clear eyed. Once we got there, and she never got up the whole time that we're driving until we pulled right into the parking lot of Dr. D's, and then she kind of pulled herself up on her feet. But you know, she'd give us a kiss. She's like she she's there. You know, if you leaned down to her, she would want to kiss. She'd you. want to give you a kiss. Mm-hmm. So we got into Dr. D's and put her on the exam table and she still didn't get up. But Dr. D came in and said, she looked at, she looked at her gums and I mean, I know Dr. D's face. So well, she, when she pulled it up, cause you were on the back part of her and I was in the front when she pulled it up, I could see white down here and I thought, oh terrible no. terrible color. So she goes, let's put her down on the ground. So we put her on the ground and she did she did have her herself. Well, before she put her on the ground, she went like this, like on her rib cage. And when she got to the back part, got past it, she touched Peggy her goes, stomach. Pe- Peggy uh. screamed. And then she did it like one more time. And Peggy goes, uh, you know, kind of like, oh, that Which hurt me. Don't touch. Peggy never does that. Never. Ever. Not for anything never. ever in the history ever. of time. So then she said, let's put her down. So she put her down and she was kind of, she's drunk on her feet. You know, she's, okay. or she's hurting drunk. back here. Like it's like she can't like get. Like to a place where she, so she l- looked at her for a while and talked to her for a little while. And she looked at her gums again. And when she lifted that up again, I could see that, that it she was worse since from the table down onto the so floor, it's, it's it was worse. It was getting bleeding. white. So, so it's just, when you look at her dying. gums, it's just white. Yeah. And you never want to see that. No, because what that tells me is when she rolled over on her side and she cried out, that wasn't a seizure. Yeah. Something, something broke. Yeah. And she's bleeding internally. And that can be a, a multitude of different things, especially with this specific scenario, is that was the was this tumor aggressive enough to start to we're all, we're already on the rib cage, but now we're going to affect the spinal column and the usage and workage of that spinal column to make them have this event? Or, or did it burst? Or is it on her spleen? And or is oh, it in yes. her heart? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so, some other organ? Yeah. Dr. Reno said she wondered about her spleen. Yep. Okay. So, you know, 
when you're in that situation, it's it's very clear where we're at. You well, know, she, she said, you know, she goes, we can do she, blood work. She I wouldn't can do send her home. But she goes, I wouldn't send, I would not send, I would not take this dog home because I'm looking at it going, I'm going to take her home and what? Right. Maybe she can like bleed out in my bed overnight or be in worse pain or, you know. She was actively dying. She's actively dying, and she, Peggy was still in there, and she's still oh, being Peggy. Peggy, being Peggy. Well, and that's and that that's 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 one of the things to just trying to relate to other people. It's like individual circumstances. What do we have here? We have Peggy, who's super stoic. She's never cried out in pain. Ne- she's never. Been, she's been injured before. It's not like she's never been injured. Tweaks a shoulder, tweak a back leg. Bit by um, a snake. Bit by a snake. You know, in a little in a little dog scuffle, have herself like a laceration or something like that. Never mattered to her. Never seen her cry out in pain. Yeah. So that's one of the things you you know, because you know your dog best. Everyone knows their dog best, but are you able to accurately disseminate this information when it comes to your dog? That's that's I think where, where in like, this state, especially in an emotional state. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. For me, I look at a situation like this and, you know, I told Dr. Reno I'm not taking her home. And you hate it, but, you know, she's 14 years old and she's in pain now. Now Now we have pain. So as a pet owner, like I said to Laura, sometimes, sometimes you always call them tender mercies mm-hmm. where you, uh, sometimes you look at a scenario like that and you look at the gifts that are presented to you. I mean, here I am at the intersection. How many times am I at the intersection minutes away, yeah. and saying I can pull up <clears throat> and then she's calm the whole way to the vet's office and wasn't in distress. I mean, there were so many things that gave me chill and bumps along the way. And Dr. Reno was there. Many times later Late in the day. day like that, she's not there. Yeah. Well, Peggy could have done that, like, early this morning when we're at work. And she would have just been dead when you came home. Right. Or, you two, or 2 o'clock this morning yeah, right. last night. And, so, you, and, and you missed it. Yeah. And then you'd feel bad because it, did she suffer? You know, was she, Yeah. you know? And that's the thing I want people to realize is that whenever you have... Because you did this with your old Sasha, and you get into an emergency situation. You wait too long. You wait too long, and then you, and then you're, you know, you're distraught and struggling. Because I'm thinking this could have happened in the middle of the night, and I'm I can't reach anybody, and I'm yeah. trying to get to the ER by myself, you know. Mm-hmm. And she's bleeding out or whatever she's doing. And, that, and now and, you have to go to the ER. And I have to go to the ER. And that makes it feel, I mean, in my because that's what happened to me. That made it worse. That yes. actually made it more traumatic because I had to go alone in the dark with, with a dog that's, that's, that's flailing and yeah. seizing screaming. and screaming and you know yeah. I mean it was it was traumatic and yeah. so with Peggy it was so calm and there wasn't a lot of pe- you know what I mean it just was very it was kind yeah it was a kind way for well her and it to was go. a clear decision to be made. It was a very clear decision. And, and Cuz we talked about this on Thursday after you got the radiology back on her of like now you got to play the game of like is, is today this thing going to burst? Is, is it going to burst? burst? It's is worse it... now is there, you know you're doing that like every day which right. is a I mean Travis been doing that with Fred like forever. Yeah. That's true. And <laughs> and and sometimes when things are presented to you like what Peggy presented with today I just want people to realize that even though a vet is offering you options of like x-raying her and doing blood work, you have to realize that that's a dead end. Right. It's a dead end. The question you ask yourself is to what end? You don't have to realize it's a dead end, but you should feel, you should, you should be able to ask that vet like their opinion and just be able to bounce that off of them. Just be like, well, if we do this and it's this, like what happens next? Figure out all your different all the different avenues of the potential story here. It's like, okay, we'll do this, and then and then what? And your vet should be like, well, it could be this or that. Well, what about if it's this? Well, it could be this or that. Good. Okay. Or, you know. 
but like <laughs> one to like four avenues and like one's good and like three are bad. That should make you start going like, what are we doing? And take into, what, take what, into what, what account are we doing here? your dog's age. Take into account your dog's g- general health. Yeah. I mean, Peggy <coughs> has had an escalated ALT forever, her whole life. Mm-hmm. All vets look at it and are shocked and think she should be dead. Right. And without, it, was just, it was just her normal. Right. And you couldn't find a reason for it. No. But when you have to make decisions, you have to make decisions like with Peggy... You look at, I can do x-rays and blood work, but that, that doesn't help me with her if she's bleeding. She's clearly bleeding internally. Yeah. What am I going to do, take her to surgery? Yeah. There's no emergency surgery that's going to save no. this situation. No. Right. You're going to do blood work that shows you what? Like, her platelets are really that low? That was honestly one of my questions. With, with a dog like that, with, 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 with a dog like Peggy, and what is she, like 25, 28 pounds? Mm-hmm. Um, she's got a mass... It was about. It was about. This well, that's just kid. the one you know about. There's obviously something of cooking course, on the inside. But that 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 is the one we're talking about. And my question is, if this mass bursts, what happens? Exactly. That was my question to her. What happens? What happens to the body? Can they just deal with it, or is it? What what are, what are the some of the what are some of the things that are going to happen? Or they could, don't or know because it depends on how vascular it is. Right. If it what it's invaded. Yeah. Without taking it off, you don't know. You don't know it's dynamic in there because you don't know what it's attached to. You, yeah, yeah, you don't know how vascular it is. You don't know what it's attached to. And when you, you say vascular, how much blood supplies to it? So when it bursts, okay. now we have an open. Well, now we have an open wound that's got a lot of veins attached to it. So it's, so like, it's just pumping out. Just you're pumping, pumping, bleed pumping out. So it's basically yeah. You're just going to die of internal bleeding. Yeah, that's what she's or external. She's doing. Okay. And that's what I was looking at that's what i'm looking at with that thing happening this growing so fast is like how is this going to go down yeah Yeah. you know yeah and it's it's unsettling to say the least so you know i had to opt for like i said i look at the i look at the whole picture of her age what has occurred her status which is you know. Yeah, you knew you were looking at a ticking time bomb anyway. It's not like this all came out of the blue and like she was fine and there was no big giant eight centimeter lump on her side right. and now holy holy crap, she's pale and she's in pain. Why? Right. That's not where we were. So does she feel that, that actually that it that is why? Because it burst. Can't know that. Can't know that. Nope. Yeah. She was bleeding from somewhere, it she did feel like because she felt like she was wider in her gums from just the time that she examined her on the table in the five minutes on the floor in the five minutes so that means she was actively bleeding from somewhere she's actively dying yeah 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 and you know without a source there's no way to stop it right and you're like you said you're not taking her to surgery even if you did she wouldn't survive it so and that's the question is you know she's got this big mass on the outside that we can all see but what does she have what does she have, like, inside of her spleen? Yeah, is there another one just like that on the inside? Mm-hmm. We just don't know. Because we know there's another one on her back leg that's even worse. Right. Yeah. And where has that spread to? And yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the decision is made that she just needs to be let go, you know. <clears throat> and, you know, I just want people to realize, you know, that's, I don't care. That's hard. I don't care what the circumstance is. I don't care how long you've had them. If it's if it's their time, it doesn't matter. Yeah. If they're 20 years old, you know, mine was 20 years old, blind, deaf, seizing, falling into the wall, screaming at 6 a.m. And you know what? When I left the ER, I was just as I don't want to use the word hysterical, but I mean, because it it still surprised me that it happened. Yeah. Well, that they're gone. Yeah. That, that they're gone. I'm ca- yeah. You know, so it, it, it doesn't matter. And yeah. it can be, it can be shocking as to like how quick it happens. Yes. Like I remember a couple of years ago in October, um, I had Hercules and he was going through some kind of cardiac event and couldn't really understand what it was. Um, just stay with him through the night because I just thought he was going to pass. Um, you know, he was still there with me in the morning and showed like more fight. And it's like, okay, let's, let's go. Let's, let's go then and see, and see if there's something else we can do. I didn't think there was anything we can do, 
but they look at his heart and they want to like adjust some medications and then kind of see how how it goes. It was never really good, mm-hmm. but then get him back home and then he's good. Yeah, that was always Hercules though. Like, it was Hercules. That's just that's just how <laughs> it was. Just always yeah. like it was like really like he was supposed to be dead in the we, ditch that he we're was. Just in gonna, we're just gonna keep going, but hey, that was my job to take care of. Him. It's like you want to keep going, we'll keep going. Yeah, you show me you're good, we're good. But then it was like, you know, one or two months later. No, it was it was three months later because it was January. And then all of a sudden he just like can't get up. It's like, well, what happened? Did someone, someone bump you? Did you injure yourself? Or no, he's just his heart's just tired. No, it was it was some kind of some kind of tumor on his on his spine is was what they thought was yep. what, mm-hmm. he th- what it thought it was. And then all of a sudden it's like here's this this big rebound, which is of course of what I always had with him. I was spoiled with that. Yeah. That like oh you think you're gonna lose him and then watch him watch him just come back. Yeah. And just kick your ass and just <laughs> surprise you. But this time it was like in 24 hours it's like no you just can't get up anymore. Yeah. You can't move. I try and pick you up, try and nurse you along, try and help you along, try and motivate you. Not happening. Yeah. And he can't move anymore. And so it's just, but, you know, it's it's what you guys are saying. It's like that shock where it's just like, uh, like, really? Like, this is. This is finally this it. Is it. This is it. Especially once you, and you've done that with Peggy, too. It's like, is this it? Are we good? And then you have a rebound, and then all of a sudden it drops in your lap. It's like completely out of the blue. You come home. Yeah, and, this is and, out of the blue. And you're just, this yeah. this and felt very much out of the blue. Yeah, and then it's just dropped in your lap. It's like, well, it's now. Yeah. It was, and, and that's it's hard. And, that, and that's, you know, that's what we said. It's now. Yeah. Because. But that's a gift, too. It's a it, gift because it is. the uncertainty is exhausting mentally. It is. Well, and the thought and, of and what it could have been. Yeah. You know, and, and potentially financially because there's, there's a lot of people out there which, who you know, can sometimes not come to grips w- with what it is they're looking at. They can't juggle all the information. Um, I've been a victim of that many times when it comes to my own dogs. That's why I always want to bounce it off you guys. It's like, what am I? And just put it all in the hands of Dr. Reno or somebody else. Be like, what is it? Tell me what it is that we're looking at. Tell me the types of decisions that I need to be making, the types of things I need to be looking at. Because it's just hard for just one person well, I think a lot of people feel like as a pet owner that you love that you should do everything you can to save their life. And sometimes that's just not the case. Yeah. And it, it, that's what I'm trying to express is sometimes like where I was at with Peggy today, doing more things <clears throat> It's not the kinder thing it's to do. It's not the kind thing to do. And it's, it might make you feel better that you tried. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, that's, that's what I feel like is a mistake. Or because something for you. You did it because it made you feel better. But or because you it, didn't want to let go. Right. Because, because it wasn't, you didn't want to let go. You didn't have enough time as opposed to what, what's, what's the right thing for, for Peggy. Them. Right. Yeah. And that can be a difficult space because someone can feel that way, but you really need to communicate with your vet. And just and this is my question always for my vet. And this is what I say to people. And if you have a relationship with your vet, you should be able to look them dead in the eye and ask this question and they should be able to answer it for you. If this was your dog, what would you do? Love that question. Love that question. Sometimes you can ask that question and then you still need to go with your gut. Because it's not most vets are gonna be very frank and say, I would let this dog go right now. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about like we had with Cleo, and so that's what I go back to. Mm-hmm. So when we had Cleo, we had two vets saying we think it's almost time to let her go. And it was me that wouldn't let go. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, we were sitting at the restaurant and trying to dissect that information. And Emma's down there and talking to the techs and trying to figure out. You well, know, I what mean, to I'm do listening it. to them and they're what they're telling me. Yeah, is everybody's we're on, like we're teetering on. I felt like we were we weren't there yet, but we were teetering on what I personally consider is you begin to torture a dog yeah. mm-hmm. by doing too much to them. Mm-hmm. And when you get to that place, that's when you have to be strong enough to make the right decision for the dog. Mm-hmm. I mean, it gives me chill bumps even now. Yep. So course, it's never something that's yeah. taken lightly. But of course that situation was different. There was no medical, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't obvious. You know, when, it, when, was, when, there, when, it was multifaceted on what had gone wrong that had been repaired. 
So she had gone through surgery and the, it was repaired. So now she's just trying to fight to survive it. But she had lost the fight. So like when you looked at her, <clears throat> I looked at her that morning. So I knew I'd been, she looked at me and it was like, she was not there. She just was not there. And I knew when I put the hot, fresh sausage biscuit under right here in a Bordeaux and she just went like this and the hot sausage was under here and she just was not even there. Mm -hmm. And that was, and she was doing okay in the morning. And they called me that afternoon after that had happened and said, like, she's just like so much worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's when I, so I was, I was kind of leaning towards, I was feeling bad for her, mm -hmm. but I'd been there with her. So it was probably not as, I might not have been as objective because I had seen her yes. where you were not looking at her. You right. were like just really processing. And my, and my decision, A, I always operate from my gut yeah. and what I feel inside. But secondly was I didn't think we'd given her enough time because this was a big surgery she yeah. went through. And so her body is struggling, and I said, we just need, I just want to give her, we decided to give her till the end of the day. She, when I was there in that morning, she was getting a bag of platelets, which should have been helping with her clotting factor, and, and none of that was working yet. Yes. And I remember looking at the bag, and there was like still a half a bag. Mm-hmm. So by the time they called again and said, hey, this just isn't working, now in hindsight, I think that... The bag had just not kicked all the way in. Just didn't have enough time yet. Just to give yeah. me, just let, let, I just wanted to give her more time. And, and that's what she needed. And that's what she needed was just, it was like eight more hours. She just needed like eight more but hours. But that, that's your case of, like what I say, of like, that you have to go with your gut. Yes. I mean, because mm -hmm. if it would have been my own decision with just the vets, I probably would have let her go at yeah. that point yep. yeah. because that's what I was feeling. Mm -hmm. But once again, context matters. You know, when, it we're does. when we're talking about Peggy versus Cleo, Cleo has so much more life ahead of her. Yes. Peggy is 14. Old, yeah. Has a massive mass on her side that you cannot take off. Yep. So that, that, you know, so you have to weigh all and, the and factors. Peggy was obviously in pain. She was in no. Peggy's in pain. Yeah. yeah, which Peggy doesn't have. And Peggy's never, never and seen Peggy in pain. Watched her deliver puppies. And never, Peggy never has Peggy pain. has no color, which tells yeah. me that she's bleeding internally. Yeah. So these are all things that you go. This yeah. is clear. Yeah. This is clear. This is clear. There's a lot of things to to consider and have in your mind. And once again, a very difficult thing when it's your dog. Yeah. Emotion is really hard at that time. Yeah. And I've, you know, I was talking to Emma the other day of when you're in that position, because it's happened to me two times with the last two dogs that I lost. And the first one was Georgia, who, you know, she's got pneumonia and she crashes at the ER. She crashes and she dies. That was terrible. Yeah. And they called me on the phone and said, you know, we're doing CPR, but she's died. Do you want to try to come down? And I'm like, no. I mean, she's gone. And then they call me a few minutes later and said, we have her back. Yeah. Okay, so now I run down to the ER, and she's up on her feet looking around at me. There she is. There, there's, yeah. there's my old Georgia. Now what? Yeah. And then I feel a doctor's hand on my shoulder that goes, she's going to crash again. Yeah. Well, I mean, logically, we know that any dog but that see, crashes, even even myself, who is an incredibly but you just logical went through person, that, that roller coaster, my dog's gone. My dog's now battled to be alive. You know, I can see some people going like, she has the will, she has the spirit. Well, but medically, that vet who grabs you on the shoulder goes, mm-mm. Yep. This is this is yeah. because I'm looking at this Georgia not, on her feet and last. I'm going, am I supposed to euthanize her right now? Yeah, yeah. She's am I supposed to walk in and go, nope, we're euthanizing her. What yeah. am I supposed to do? That's when yeah. you have to have the logical person, whoever that person that is. That was Doctor Reno on the phone to, to talk to me and tell, and she's like, she's gonna, she crash, is gonna again. crash again. Yeah, she is going to crash again. Yeah. I, I know that that's like ingrained in my mm. brain now. Any, you know, that's why we don't usually even do CPR for dogs because they're, it's not going to work. Yes. Even if they get them back, they're not going to, they got Norma back when she was on the table, um, post-op. She, you know, she crashed and they got her back, but I already know that that's, the odds she's are going. very slim. The very slim. All that does is back. buy me some time to get there. Right. 
which okay. is ultimately what ended up happening with Georgia. But mm -hmm. what I'm saying is that is that your headspace isn't normal. Yeah. So so me, who's very logical and I have a lot of medical knowledge and I'm black and white with understanding the scenario and the decisions. When I see Georgia on her feet and they're asking me if I want to euthanize her, I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Because yeah. it doesn't compute. Because it doesn't compute. Yeah. But we've also stood there in the same hospital before with bubbles laying in front of us, intubated, to a vent. Yeah. bagging her, and whoever thought bubbles would ever come out of that Not hospital. Me. Not me. And so... Oh, and she was a mess. Your mind... I mean, we've been at this particular hospital with so many life or death situations. Yeah. That it's never, it's never easy or cut and clear. Right. Because every case is, you know, every dog's different yep. in every situation. But all the dogs we've been there before with, I think a lot of that plays over, you know, in your mind of, yep. well, you know, this dog's come back from this or this one didn't come, you right. know, can this dog I come can't, back? I can't emphasize enough the, how much value I place on a medical team that we work with you know, Dr. Reno, Dr. Rolf, I've got him on the phone telling me, you know what, we need to let this dog go. I, I need to listen. Doctor, to when, when Dr. Rolf has said that to us before, which he never does, you stop. Yeah, you stop. Just, just a couple of times mm -hmm. I think he said that, where yes. he's like, and we, and we immediately know, I don't even, pop. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't even hardly, I can't even imagine questioning him because it's just never something he says. So when he does say it, you just stop in your tracks. Yes. Yeah. He wouldn't say it unless, if he thought there was another way. Yeah. And then, and then my other scenario was I'm in with Dr. Rolf, with cute baby, who was given up on eating. I, and I lose my damn mind. I, I like, and, I, and I'm thinking, who are you? Who are you with the inability to make this decision? She's old too. Yeah. She's an yeah. old girl. And she doesn't feel good. And she doesn't want to eat. And so he, we do an ultrasound on her. Oh, she's got a big mass there. And that's why her food can't go down. It's sitting in her stomach and it's spinning around. She wants to eat. Yeah. But so she she's can't hungry. because it feels terrible. So I'm like, oh, that's terrible. So I'm thinking, oh, my God, I just have to let her go. And then he says, you know, we, we can probably just, like, give her some steroids a little bit and see if it brings the inflammation down and might buy you a little more time. The well, no, norm, normal me would go, I'm not doing that. Well, because the, because normally you ask this question, to what end? It, so you bring the you steroids down a little bit, yeah. and oh wait, you get like two weeks. Well, yeah, see, well, well the they're, they're going to put you on a steroid regimen, and it's going to be a week to two weeks. Say we get the inflammation down, say she's much better and she's doing great. Granted, we came here because she crashed. She can't deal with food anymore. She can't eat food anymore. Um, so yeah, we can do steroids and we can get two more weeks until she crashes again, has to deal with the whole emotional, that dog has to deal with the whole emotional thing where we crash again. Mom's freaking out, driving Take her to, to a the scary ER, place. And that's all assuming this, all that scary place and, and we're just doing it all over again. Right. So unless you have something really great planned for that two weeks, it's still not nice. But see, the question is, who are you buying those two weeks for? Yeah. yeah. Not for yeah. her. Yep. Yep. You're buying them for yourself. Right. Yeah. And, and what... Uh, why do you want those two weeks with that ticking time bomb in your head? I don't want that. Well, because you don't want to and, take a yeah, well, I, 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 really, I really, like, when it comes to, like, the vets and the situation, the different personalities and people that come through, it's like, that is, like, I do not envy their position oh, at all. No. And I think sometimes it might be good, even though bad for the dog, it might be good for the person to, your dog crashed, everything looks dire, I can pump them along. And maybe give that human some time. Some time to come to But it's still selfish. It's still I think selfish. It, I think it makes them but more you, confused, but, though, but because you know, they some, got better. And then they didn't. Because not everybody has that yeah. understanding of how steroids yeah. work. and you know. Yeah. But you, when I was sitting in that office, this person that I don't know, that was me, pretending to be me, sitting in that office. <laughs> and he said, like, the, the steroids. And I said, okay, let's try that. Let's just, let's try that. And then he goes out. First, he looked at me kind of blankly <laughs> because he was shocked. Because he looked because it. it was Medusa with the snakes because, coming because out of her I head. I don't know who that person yeah. is sitting there. And he walks out of the room and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, no, you don't. What did what? I just say? What? And yeah. he comes back in and I go, I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, well, I kind of wondered why you were. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. 
because you lose your damn mind. Well, yeah. And, yeah. you know, you always hear people say, and I really, really believe this is the truth. And if, if you're able to just keep it in your mind, but the, the last kindest thing that you can do for a pet that you love is help them leave in a painless, calm way. I Quiet, really honestly peaceful. believe that. Yeah. And it, when you miss that opportunity because you wait too long, because you're unsure. Because of yourself. Because of yourself. Not because, you know, it, you, whatever. You sometimes, me, you live with regret. Mm-hmm. And I did that with my 20-year-old little Chawini because she was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, mm-hmm. you know, but so what she's blind so what she's deaf so what she wants to fight with all the other dogs in the house because she can't see or hear them and you know i was managing all these things but when it when she had the seizure went into the wall screaming at 6 a.m and i have to go do this for her at 6 a.m at the er i felt like i mean i called you at 6 30 and i felt like i made a, such a horrible mistake because I wish that I would have given her a pe- more peaceful way, not her screaming. Yeah. That's not the way that I wanted that to happen. Because in hindsight, I've made this this same error before earlier on in my life. And that's why I know that I don't ever want to be in that position where you're panicked trying to help get a dog or a cat put to sleep while they're flailing in pain. Yes. And you go, and so so that extra month that you just bought, yeah. Now you have this now instead. Now you have this memory And you instead. get to live, yeah. that's how you get to live with it. You have, that's how you get to live. That memory will never go no. away. And you get to live with that. The only thing I can do with it is do what I'm doing right here. And that's, I get to tell you my story. Yeah. And if it makes a difference for one other person when they're faced with an end of life decision for a senior dog, then maybe they will remember that. Right. Or if I get to be with you like we were with Peggy today and say, hey, I, this feels like it's a blessing. Yep. Because Peggy's not going to be 2 a.m. having to, you know, I remember your mom and dad having to run Mooey down the freeway yeah. 2 a.m., <laughs> 90 to nothing, trying to get her. You know, that that's not going to be the way that she goes. Yeah. Yep. And when, I mean, we just euthanized Whitey, for goodness sake, two days ago. So it's like a bit of an onslaught of a week. But, um, you know, here's a, at least a 20-year-old cat who's been, a, I mean, an incredibly healthy cat his whole life. And all of a sudden, he starts drooling, you know, drooling. When you see a cat drooling and they're old, A, they have kidney failure, or B, they have an abscess tooth. Well, for him, we were questioning if it was both. One or both. Because it wasn't just, it wasn't drool, it was yuck. <clears throat> it was this light brownish stuff that was leaking out of his mouth and it smelled really bad. Um, so we saw that and took him to the vet right away. And, and his <clears throat> kidney values are a little off. They're not, but well, he's I, 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 didn't, I didn't know that until his blood work came back. I took him to the vet and the vet cranked his mouth open and he says like, yeah, he's got, he's, you know, he's got a mouthful of rotten teeth on that side. So he says, you know, we can take him out and then there might be a mass underneath then you have to make it different. But he, he says, right now, all it looks like is teeth. So, all right. <clears throat> he says, I'll take his blood, and we'll give him a shot of the whatever, the antibiotics. Convenient. <clears throat> uh, to start working on if there's an abscess and infection. And that, that's, yeah, you give that. It's a long-lasting antibiotic. And for cats, that's really nice because they don't take But you can't pill a cat. Really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you can, but. Yeah, he asked me. I'm like, you can't pill a cat. Can you give this cat a pill? Like, really? <laughs> yeah. can you Does anyone ever say yes? Oh. Yeah. Which cat you can give a pill to? Well, some, yeah. people, some people don't want to spend the $42 on the injection. I'm like, let me have the injection. Yeah. Yeah. They, will, they try to pill, try pill that cat once, they're going to come back. Charge yeah. me 100 Yeah. <laughs> if you've never pilled a cat, it's always... It's, it's not fun. I have never pilled a cat, I and I don't think cats. I'll ever have to pill a cat ever in my life. When she first looked in there, she said, I'm, I can't be certain. So then she went and gave him some Buprenex. So he went, for, he went like a little sleepy night. Sleepy night. night. Yeah, she could take a closer look. And that's when she said, she goes, those aren't even teeth. They looked like teeth, but it was the mass. They so were jagged like that yeah, so, so the whole time that he's, this yuck's coming out of his mouth, he just has a giant mass in his mouth, and it hurts him. And he... It wasn't giant, because I looked at him after he passed away. 
Because Dr. Reno came to Wes's house to euthanize Whitey and let him go. So then we could get a really good look in there. Because, you know, he's not alive anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was very interesting. It was... There wasn't anything that protruded. It's like the roof of his mouth was flat. And where his teeth... He didn't even have teeth there. Where his teeth would have been was... It was like... It, she goes, that's a mass. And it, it had sharp edges on it that looked kind of like teeth but it wasn't teeth that's super weird it was very strange but i could feel it and look at it and yeah it was see when i took him to the vet that day his whole the he's all swollen here under his eye and I didn't, I didn't hear you say that either. That he's. But still, that could I, have been a big abscess. You know, that's just really nasty. I don't recall his face. Like when I sent that picture to her, like his, I still have it. It's symmetrical. I didn't rec- see any. It like, wasn't symmetrical on Monday when well, I took him. Underneath his eye, this is this was swollen. And that's how quickly these masses can well, start to I'm develop. Well, that's what I'm saying to you. Look at the mass that's on Peggy's back. How fast that thing is growing. Yeah. That's so what's happening I, in his mouth. I saw yeah. that. I told your mom. I saw it two and a half weeks ago <laughs> on Peggy. And I swear it's like double from what I saw it. Yeah. The last it's big. Time. I mean, it was yeah. it was that much. You know, to the naked eye of me looking going, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. yeah. So when you're faced with what we're looking at with Whitey, there, you can't fix this. Yeah. This is not fixable. So there's no, nothing it's hot. It's I don't have any doubts about whether or not it was fixable. I have doubts that I waited too long and didn't say anything for long enough because I was just going by what the doctor There's told me. A lot of meanwhile, have, the shuck's coming out of his mouth, and I didn't right. want to like accept them. But even the but even the vets looking at it, you know, at first second glance, aren't aren't positive it's a tumor. So why would you think any different? It looks like a it looks like teeth. Yeah. It was weird looking. I mean. But though there were no teeth there, it's bizarre. But it just highlights. I mean, Wes, it does. It just highlights what people are faced with. And like you're, you go in, you have a concern. They give you their initial impressions of what it is. You go away and make a plan. And what they see at that time. Right. And then what does that look like a month from then? Yeah. You know, that's, that's the whole thing. And then people are trying to make their decisions based on this. Right. A month is a long time in tumor growth. And, and we have the luxury of that we see so much medical, like all the time, every day, day in, day out, that a lot of it makes sense to us and we understand. The, the lay person who doesn't have that, and you're only talking to your vet if you're lucky once a year or twice a year just for checkups, and you don't ever hear of anything about any of their renal numbers or their liver numbers. You don't deal with worst case mm. scenarios of what happens in tumors bursting and Pred's not going to shrink it or it's going to shrink it for a minute amount of time and then it's going to go into this. Most people don't know that. Yeah. And when they're faced with their dog is in the ER and their dog is not going to make it. Right. And what that looks like. A lot of people simply cannot process that. You know, we have known of people, we've known people their dog it's me. has been <laughs> or that the dog has been at the ER and it's been explained your dog is not going to make it and mm-hmm. they just have wanted it does not matter how much it costs like running into the tens of thousands does not matter keep yeah. that dog alive yeah even for me the only reason why I'm able to make good decisions is because I, I I know what I know. I know what I'm I'm good at when it comes to dogs and when it comes to behavior, when it comes to the medical stuff. Yeah, man, I got a wealth of info. Like if I had to leave here, I can go be a vet tech and be like, yeah, I know what that is. I know what that is. I know what that is. I know how to do this. I could probably, you know, but but for me, it's like when it's my own dog, it's like there's like a shutdown. I need to reach out to you guys. I need Dr. Reno. I need everyone telling me point blank what it is we are dealing with and and working with because if if I was just if I was but if it was my own personal dog and I faced with some vet that I've never spoken to before at all, I would be lost. And I'm sure I'm sure a lot of people feel that way a lot. Well, let me give you an example too of a, a, a situation with you. Uh-oh. Where you where you where you lose all ra- all rational? We're gonna thought. edit this out, Wes. This was <laughs> this was Daryl's tail. Yeah, Daryl's so cute. Daryl's tail. Ooh. You just 
And I went through that with B's eye. I was in cold tail denial with Daryl, with Daryl for sure. <laughs> because you have a hard time coming well, to terms. Well, because I touch it, and I was like, man, it's a little. But like, mm, no, he's going to keep his tail. And I just, yeah. No, his tail wasn't savable. No. And it, it was really hard to get Travis to come to terms with that. And think about that. Sometimes that's what we're talking about with a p- person who's going to lose their dog's life. Yeah. Not yeah. their tail. It's their life. Yeah. yeah. And they can't come to terms. They have a hard time coming to terms. Yeah. And even if someone's telling them, I've, I've felt it before when it's like you're running up against a wall. Like it literally, you can't penetrate it. Yeah. It can't go through. They, it just like, I don't know if it's a defense mechanism to like yeah. preserve yourself, but it's just like it goes straight over, straight over. And then you have to like explain it again. Yeah. yeah. And... And then they want to come back in a few days later and just go over it all over again. They just can't process it. Well, because especially if something, let me give you an example of like, okay, let's say Peggy didn't have this big mass on her side and she, and she did what, what happened this afternoon. So it's, so now I'm not even alarmed by anything with her. I don't, she doesn't have a, a mass, but all of a sudden she does this and she could have had a mangiosarcoma on her spleen. I just didn't know it. Mm-hmm. And it bursts and it bleeds out. When you, have a, when you have a dog who seems fine and then they're not, it doesn't mean that they were actually fine. Right. It just means yeah. they had something you didn't know about. That, the, that was going on on the inside that you didn't know about. Yeah. You talked about a man at the ER that was, that was having a fit that you were worried about in there because his dog, in his mind, it was fine. And yeah. then all of a sudden it's not fine. Yeah, and his and his dog was fine until you know, dog showed symptoms like that day, uh, had some kind of massive stomach cancer thing. That's the dog what I mean. Just immediately crashed. Yeah. He was not coping well in that situation. I had to pull him aside, um, because you know that's that's his only dog that he's had for thirteen years. And see, he's never for, had any other his dog. Mind, my dog was normal yesterday. Yeah, yeah. But it really wasn't. Yeah. It just took that for you to see it. But it's like Bubbles when Bubbles crashed and is on the vent. Bubbles was fine the day before. Yeah. And then they call me the next morning and say, oh, no, she's dying. You need to come down and say she's, goodbye to her. She's, yeah. And she's a puppy. And she's eight months old. And once again, context. Nine-month-old puppy. Nothing going on. This guy at the ER I had to pull aside. It's a 13-year-old pity. Yep. Of course, the dog's never had an issue before, never been sick or anything. But once again, this all of a sudden... On seemingly, all seemingly, of a all of a sudden, on you know us, us individual humans, when it comes to your dog that you live and work with every day, and you see them, you know sometimes that's how just life happens, where it's yeah. just like all of a sudden, um, and you can't deal with it. Yeah, and I have to pull you outside and say, hey, calm down, you know, don't talk to the staff this way, take a deep breath. This is just what happens. Yeah. I see it all the time. And that's what's unfortunate. I mean, and that's a whole other in the medical industry podcast, for the vets. But yes. yeah. you know, it's someone is upset, and then there's nowhere to direct that anger. Well, they no. think yeah. somebody should be at fault for yeah. this. Yes. Yeah. It, well, it's we see it when we can't take a dog or we can't fix a situation, and people direct their anger at us. Well, I, we didn't cause the situation for that dog to need a, to be rescued, but you know, there's it's misplaced anger. Yes. Well, that's what they see you know they get beat up at the I ER never want, a lot. I, I never want that job i never want yep. a vet tech job yeah i mean being a receptionist at the er oh, well i mean even being the doctor no. because when you can't fix someone's dog then and all of a sudden it's your fault it, and what that guy was saying what did you do wrong what that guy was know? saying is like they're just cold man they just don't care and i just i just had to tell him it's like man there's once you leave here there's going to be five more of you who come in right after you tonight yeah. they have to do this every single day day in and day out they're not cold they're just being real well, this is what how well would they do their job if they if they, if they, they fell down and cried an over yeah. every dog that came in there that was injured exactly but well, once again in the moment that human in that moment never had your dog sick never had anyone it's just like all of a sudden today boom today yeah with peggy yeah or with whitey 
all of a sudden today, today's the day. Yeah. And you're just not ready for it. No. Even if you are ready for it, even if you are ready for, oh yeah, she's got this big mass or, you know, something going on in his mouth. That's weird. But we're on track to figure it out. But then all of a sudden today, it's just like today. Yep. Here it is today. Yep. Deal with it. And that's the and last thing that I said to you, you is I took Whitey away that morning. And I said, who knows? Maybe it's an abscess tooth. She'll knock him out, yank it out, and he'll be fine. Could have been. Could have been. Because just as easily have gone that way. Yeah. Yep. And, and I kind of figured it would because he's Whitey. Yeah. You know, that's what I said. He's this cat. <laughs> Always been invincible. Just an invincible badass cat. Just get that abscess cat. tooth pulled out of there and he'll be as good as new. But that's yeah. just not what it was. Yeah. So... Well, it's never, a, never an easy place to be. It it's doesn't not. matter. It's not. And it's and as a pet owner, every single one of us will go through it with every single one of them. Whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or not. What does Wes always say about tears and pain? It just means you cared. All, no, all crying means you had shit that mattered to you. Yep. Well, Peggy mattered. She's a good girl. Oh, Peggy. And Whitey, he was like the... A legend. He's a legend. Well, I mean, and he was like... The volunteer of he Dog was. Ranch Rescue. I mean, he's been with us since 2014, testing. I mean, I wish I had a list of how many dogs that Whitey has. Ask. How many dogs do you do that for? I don't know. You don't have that on your spreadsheet, Laura? I, d- Come I on, don't. Laura. I don't. I don't. You it needs to be a box. Do you know yeah. what? I She's did. got 40 columns in that spreadsheet. She don't no. have one for that. Come on, Laura. They're on, on his post when he passed. There were several adopters that made the. Con- I mean, it gives me. Yeah, I couldn't read it. It made me kind of tear up, and it gave, <clears throat> gives me chill bumps. But they said, you know, God bless you, Whitey, or you know, we, you, just something very. But they had their dogs. Sweet, but they said, I have my dog because of you, Whitey. I did see Thank like Vera you. Bradley, the big, Neopo- yeah, the, the yeah. lavender, the lavender Vera Bradley. Yeah, yeah. She ha- so, she has because she goes. That was like the single most important thing. Yeah, yeah. and Whitey I'm said glad, she's glad. fine. I'm glad yeah. to know that because I couldn't read the comments. It's all cried out. Yeah, there's quite, all, a, few, there's all, quite was, a few of them of people mm-hmm. that said that. that you know. Well, I mean, Whitey has well, been in more of, of my my he emails. Has done a lot of cat to, tests. You know, more of my emails to people. I have talked about Whitey. There's yes. no other animal amongst all of us that I've talked about more to adopters to adopters than Whitey. <laughs> than Whitey. And I would explain what the process would be and da yeah. da da or if Whitey was not up to it this week, you know, <laughs> da, you know whatever the case was, but what a sweet well, boy. He worked up all the way to his really his final days. The last one was Spork. a failure of sport. Spork. Yeah. Oh, Sporky's Whitey's yeah. like he wasn't I'm gonna old put, and I don't like her. No, when his yeah. tooth Sporky when his, was a definite no cat. Yeah. After that I had to say no because his he was not feeling well and once he yeah. started not feeling well with his tooth. I thought, we're not going to put him through. Yeah, he had yeah. to retire. And so I had to, like... Yeah, he failed that dog, and then he was, like... He was really angry. He's done. He was angry. Yeah. <laughs> and he went home, and he was, like... A, you just gotta take Man. him home. He's like, well, I took him home. He's like, I don't do this anymore. <laughs> well, yeah. Sport, I mean, thinking about it, there's I have no way Knucklehead. Oh, I knew that. Knucklehead. I have Spork. a bunch of videos and pics that I've taken of him doing cat tests. I could probably look and see how many there was. But yeah, yeah I have that Sporky Spork one. And <clears throat> that's why I was like rude and up in his face. And yep. She's rude and goofy. And she, and she, she, and she learned nothing from, she from le- these yeah. messages. She learns like, nothing the generally. The more he corrected her, the more she went like, really? Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? Come yeah. on. Spork's like, should I try again? Should I try again? Should I try again? I told again? you five times yeah. already. I'm not bleeding yet. There's there, no consequence. There was a little video of Sweet Spork on Happy Tales this week. And the dad in her new home has like the water hose and he's doing this in the yard. And there's Brecker and there's Spork and they're just like, you know. Yeah. Chasing the water around. She liked the hose from day one when she came to us and she was skinny and first arrived. I remember Eva playing with her with the hose out there. Oh, sporky. They said they were getting one last, you know, she's up in a northern state where they get cold weather yeah. much sooner. Well, she's a Bordeaux and so is he and they'll both enjoy cold weather and snow. She needs to meet on her bones first. Yeah. yeah. So anyway... Yes, Whitey is a legend, and he will be sorely missed in the rescue because there's no cat like him as far as cat testing goes. He had a sixth sense about him that, you know, like Wes says, you'd walk in with a dog, and Whitey would look at that dog, and he'd be like, nah. Nah. <laughs> or he'd just walk right up to it and rub up against it. I love that photo yeah. of him with the um, diggity dog. So fun, because <clears throat> Whitey, like, he, 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 like, knew that that was his job, and he knew that, like, he had this, like, uh, all these like dogs in my like 
they're afraid of him because he projects. Because he's a mob mm-hmm. boss. Because he's a killer. He has kills, I promise. I mean, he came from the streets of he L.A. He from the streets of Upland. Yeah. <laughs> not, not L.A. Well, not well, LA. Well, I have to say L.A. It doesn't sound quite as mean if you the say Los, he came Los from the, area. the yeah. streets of Upland. The so Diggity Dog would just be laying on the floor and why would he be bored? So he'll go over there and like rub up on him and like Diggity Dog's like, what the fuck is this cat going to do? This cat could kill me if he wanted to. And why do you think it's hilarious to just... Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, that's Diggity Dog, like the biggest dog jerk. Like, the dog guys. jerk. Yeah, he really did it to but, him because he deserved like, it. Yeah, but when a white cat went by, he was. It made him question yeah. all his life choices. Exactly. <laughs> this is Diggity Dog intimidated. Yeah. <laughs> the dog jerk. He needs, a, he needs a tag that says that. That's dog right. Dog. He does this diggity dog dog jerk. I wouldn't put it as kindly as dog jerk if I made him a tag that was custom. I would, yeah. use, I would use different words, but. I think you have to in the podcast. Oh, Peggy. Oh, Mama oh, Peggy. Peggy. B will be so sad. I love Peggy. I know. Peggy and B were so cute together. Well, B saw her when she was down. Um, and she's like all over her, like standing like over her. Yeah. Like she did to me when I was on the bathroom floor with my basal vagal. Stop doing this. So she was very clear that there was something wrong with Mama, so, which I think is good. I think it's good for her to see that. No, B. Because, yeah, that's a huge loss. I mean, huge. Peggy was still cleaning B like she was they like an infant. Other. Yeah. Sometimes he humps her too. Those yeah. two, those two are the most bonded mother daughter ever, ever. To where it was healthy. Yeah. You know, it was never weird. It was well, never, it was sometimes weird with sometimes the, like, weird. The mounting or like the licking, but it never turned anything. B would roll over on her back, and Peggy would clean her downtown area just like she was oh a little tiny God. puppy. Yeah. yeah. Just like cleaning her little tiny puppy. No, just remember when when B was like five, six months old or something. Peggy would still nurse her. Yeah, she would still nurse her. But George, no, she wouldn't be. Not George. No, No. nobody else. (laughs) Not you, baby. No, just Just B. Well, she is the queen. So I mean, she's got special, special. She had a special. Remember B trying to climb under there and roll upside down. She's this big, and she's underneath (laughs) Peggy like she's like she's under a car. And Peggy, you can see Peggy just stand there and go, "All right, B, go ahead." (laughs) Oh, mama, Peggy. I'll miss her. She's my favorite. All right. All right. That's all we got. That's our sad podcast. Sorry. Thanks, guys. Good night, everybody.